Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hypochondriac's Almanac and I'm very excited to be recording for you guys again after a little bit of a break again. Um, And when I say break, I use that in the most literal sense. I took a tumble and tripped on my front step and broke my nose. Not fun, not nice, and not a great experience. So if my voice sounds a little bit different, it's because I'm recovering from a broken nose. In any case, if you just tuned in now, this is a podcast for all of you out there that secretly think you have a new disease every time you have a sniffle, a slight twinge, or a headache. It's not a tumor. We understand, we identify, and we have definitely scoped out WebMD more than our fair share of the times. We're here to talk about weird diseases, strange illnesses, crazy syndromes, and rare disorders, as well as more common ailments that folks suffer from. But before we get started, we need to talk about a few little disclaimers. We do this every time. I apologize, but the legal team says it's necessary. First and foremost, we're not doctors, nurses, or medical professionals of any kind. Please, please, please don't take what we say on this show as medical advice. We are not trying to treat you, diagnose you, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see a doctor. Don't guess or take what we say on this show as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about all the fun and weird parts of the medical world in the past, present, and the future. Let's jump right in. I've got some interesting stuff to talk about today, and I want to talk about a topic that I feel is very relevant. We've all been stuck inside with the stay-at-home orders and the quarantining and the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff. And I don't really want to make a whole bunch of comments about that because I feel that it's an issue that we've talked about ad nauseum episode after episode. And you hear about it everywhere. It's all over the news. People are talking about it. It's the only thing we've been able to talk about since this whole thing came up and started at the beginning of the year. So... What I want to talk about is panic or anxiety attacks, because this is a topic that I think applies to a lot of people. And I know that since we've all been stuck at home and people have lost jobs and are dealing with reduced incomes and having kids at home, that the topic of anxiety has definitely come up frequently. I myself started suffering from anxiety attacks or what I could only assume was anxiety attacks about 10 years ago and I did not initially know what it was or what caused it but I remember very distinctly I was at work and I was enjoying a small chai latte and the only thing I'd had to eat that day was a handful of almonds and I recall that I kind of felt a little bit weak and a little bit shaky And I got up and decided to go home for the day and I probably should have eaten a more well-balanced meal for the day, but I, that's how I lived back then. Um, That was my life was I ate very, very little as much as I needed to, to kind of keep my body alive, but it was definitely not a very healthy lifestyle. And I got into my car and attempted to go home and started to feel as though I was going to pass out. So I stopped at a like a gas station and walked into the gas station. I don't know how any of this really happened because I don't really remember the period from getting out of the car until I got into the gas station. But I went into the gas station and I put like a bag of pretzels and like a grape juice because in the back of my mind I was thinking that I needed to do whatever I needed to do to get my blood sugar back up because I assumed that it was an issue related to having caffeine and not eating so I was trying to find something that would spike my blood sugar back up very quickly so I grabbed grape juice and pretzels and put them down on the counter and my brain just wouldn't even function at that point 
I literally had to set my debit card on the counter and have the attendant do everything for me because I couldn't, I couldn't even function. I felt like I was going to pass out if I didn't eat the stuff immediately. So at that point I started having them and at one instance I was on an airplane and I felt nauseous and sick and I ended up passing out for about 15 minutes. So I went to the doctor and at that point they did a lot of CAT scans and brain tests and heart tests and I wore a heart monitor for a few weeks at one point so they could try to rule out any other health issues that I may have been suffering from. They wanted to make sure I didn't have epilepsy or heart disease or anything like that. And by all indications, all of the tests came back clear. It's like you know that you're a hardcore hypochondriac when you are passing out and getting sick and having issues like that. Like I would have a fluttery heart and I would just get this impending kind of sense of doom where I felt like I was going to die. And that's when I knew I was having panic or anxiety attacks. And the doctor sort of confirmed that, yeah, it sounds like that's what's going on. And here's what you should do whenever you feel like that's coming on. You want to sit down. You want to breathe deeply. You want to be calm. Put your feet up in the air so the blood flows back down. Because I was passing out from my panic attacks. And everybody experiences it a little bit differently. But I just want to provide people with a little bit of information in case you might potentially be suffering from that and not know it given all the stress that's going on right now, or you suffer from it and you want some helpful tools on how to help resolve those. But uh, I found this article on drugs.com and it's about anxiety attacks. And it basically says, what is an anxiety attack? And it's an attack that's a short period of strong fear that happens for no reason that you know of. An anxiety attack is also known as a panic attack by some people. An anxiety attack can be a one-time event or it can become an ongoing issue. If you have two or more anxiety attacks in a month, you may have a condition called panic or anxiety disorder. If anxiety attacks become severe or very bad, they may keep you from having a normal life. And again, if it's something that you suspect you are suffering from, please, please, please see a medical professional so that you can rule out other issues like blood pressure or your heart or issues with your brain. So what causes anxiety attacks? People that study this don't really know for sure what causes these. Sometimes they're caused by being in a situation that you find upsetting. You may have them due to a stressful event or getting divorced, etc. You're more likely to have anxiety attacks if you also have another mental health issue. Other mental health problems include depression, which is feeling sad most or all of the time, alcoholism, which is abusing alcohol, obviously, or other medical conditions. Anxiety attacks may happen for no reason at all, and they can happen to anyone regardless of age or gender. Some health conditions or medications can cause anxiety-like symptoms. Using or withdrawing from alcohol or illegal drugs can cause symptoms that may also appear to be an anxiety attack. Some people have anxiety attacks that are triggered by the fear of having a future anxiety attack, which is just like this vicious cycle that seems like it continues to repeat itself. You're also more likely to have anxiety attacks if someone in your family also has them. So what are the signs and symptoms of an anxiety attack? The symptoms felt during an anxiety attack can feel like other symptoms of serious health problems, like heart issues. On the other hand, some serious health problems can cause anxiety attacks, like heart or breathing problems. 
please have your symptoms checked by a caregiver to make sure that you're, they are not caused by underlying serious health conditions. The main symptom of any anxiety attack is extreme fear. Other signs and symptoms are different from person to person, but the same person may even have different signs and symptoms during repeat anxiety attacks. Signs and symptoms usually don't last longer than 30 minutes. So rest assured when you're in the throes of that panic attack, it will not last forever as much as your brain wants you to go there. Besides fear, other signs and symptoms of an anxiety attack may include chest pain, dizziness or feeling lightheaded, fear of losing control or doing something embarrassing, feeling of being out of touch with people or things around you, having a feeling of doom, which is feeling like something very bad is going to happen or feeling like you're about to die, heart palpitations, which may make you suddenly aware of your heartbeat. You may feel like your heart is pounding or beating too fast, sweating, trembling, or having hot or cold flashes, stomach discomfort or upset, which can include nausea or diarrhea, numbness or loss of feeling or tingling in hands and feet. You may also have numbness or tingling in your lips or around your mouth. You may feel like you can't breathe. Some people may hyperventilate during an anxiety attack and not even notice it. Hyperventilation means your breaths are too fast or shallow. Breathing this way can cause numbness or tingling in your hands and lips. Your fingers or toes may have cramping or even curl up. During an anxiety attack, focus on taking very slow, deep breaths. You may need a friend or loved one to help you do this by breathing with you. Your caregiver may show you how to breathe in and out of a paper bag when you hyperventilate. Never use a plastic bag when you're doing this. With panic or anxiety disorders, you may have anxiety attacks that happen often. These attacks can often come without reason or warning and you may be troubled by fear of having another one. You may have a lot of anxiety attacks followed by weeks or months without having any. And when I first experienced this problem, I had a whole row of them. I think I had them every day for two or three weeks in a row and it was horrifying. But once I started to calm down and realize what was going on, I was able to, I think, exert some measure of control to a certain degree. Some of them just really felt uncontrolled. But once I knew what it was, I was able to panic less when it happened and know what was going on. But some people actually become so fearful of having anxiety attacks that they're afraid to leave the house. This is called agoraphobia. People with agoraphobia may also fear being in crowds or any place where they cannot leave quickly. So how are these anxiety attacks diagnosed and treated? There is no test that can say for sure that you have an anxiety disorder. An anxiety attack can feel like symptoms of another health problem, so those problems need to be ruled out. For example, chest pain and shortness of breath during an anxiety attack can feel like a heart attack. Repeated anxiety attacks are a real health problem that needs to be treated you may need to see a counselor. A counselor can help you understand what is causing the anxiety and fear, and they can also help you learn relaxation techniques like deep breathing to decrease your anxiety. Medicine may also be needed to help your anxiety, and it may take months of treatment to make sure your anxiety attacks do not come back. So are there any risks to having these anxiety attacks? They are not life-threatening, but you need to see your doctor to make sure your symptoms are caused by anxiety and not something more serious. You may develop other problems like alcohol or drug abuse or depression if your anxiety attacks are not treated. 
Frequent anxiety attacks can cause many problems with mood, work, and relationships. People who have an anxiety disorder are more, are more likely to have thoughts of harming themselves. If you or somebody you know has thoughts of harming yourself, tell doctors or medical professionals right away. Treatment can help decrease the amount and severity of anxiety attacks. For support and more information, anxiety attacks can be a life-changing condition for you and your family. Accepting that you have them is hard. You and those close to you may feel angry or sad or frightened even, and these feelings are normal. You need to talk to your caregivers, family, or friends about your feelings and let them help you. Encourage those around you to help talk about things that are going on at home. Your caregiver can help your family better understand how to support a person with anxiety attacks, whether they be you, a child, a spouse, a family member, etc. You may also want to join a support group, and this is a group of people who can have who have similar problems. Ask your caregiver for the names and numbers of support groups in your town. You can also contact one of the following national organizations, the Anxiety Disorders Association of America, the National Institute of Mental Health. I will put this information into the show notes for the day. So I kind of spoke a little bit about anxiety attacks and panic attacks, but Let's kind of talk about the difference between those two there. I found this article on verywellmind.com and it's by Cheryl Ann Crom. Panic attacks versus anxiety attacks. Differences include intensity and how long the attacks last. You might hear the terms anxiety attack and panic attack used interchangeably as if they mean the same thing. In fact, panic and anxiety have different features and behavioral health professionals use the terms for specific symptoms and disorders. Panic attacks are an abrupt surge of intense fear or discomfort accompanied by physical and mental symptoms. Some of the symptoms of panic attacks and anxiety are similar, and they can include rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, and dizziness. Each also has other symptoms that are unique. Everyone experiences anxiety at some part or at some time or another. It's a part of the emotional and protective response hardwired into the human body. It's when it is excessive or gets in the way of your life that there is cause for concern. So if you experience significant anxiety or panic, it's important to understand the definitions, symptoms, and treatments. What are the clinical differences? Professionals who treat mental health conditions base a diagnosis on definitions found in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Though anxiety and panic attacks may feel the same at times, the differences outlined in that particular handbook can help identify each. This particular manual uses the term panic attack to describe the hallmark features associated with a condition known as panic disorder. However, Panic attacks may occur in other psychiatric disorders, and it's possible to have a panic attack if you have no other disorder. The term anxiety attack is not defined in the manual. Rather, anxiety is used to describe a core feature of several illnesses identified under the headings of anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, and trauma and stressor-related disorders. Some of the most common disorders under these three headings include panic disorder, agoraphobia, specific phobia, social anxiety disorder, separation anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and generalized anxiety disorder. The differences between panic and anxiety are best described in terms of the intensity of the symptoms and the length of time that the main symptoms occur. Panic attacks. 
A panic attack is an intense and sudden feeling of fear, terror, or discomfort, accompanied by several other mental and physical symptoms. The symptoms are often so extreme that they cause a severe disruption in your day. Panic attacks usually occur out of the blue without an obvious immediate trigger. In some cases, they're expected because the fear is caused by a known stressor, such as a phobia, which for me, that was flying. I was awful at it. I had terrible motion sickness. And every time I knew I had to fly, I would have a panic attack. But panic attack symptoms peak within 10 minutes and then subside. However, some attacks can last longer or may occur in succession, making it difficult to determine when one attack ends and another begins. Following an attack, it's not unusual to feel stressed, worried, out of sorts, or keyed up for the remainder of the day. According to the DSM-5, a panic attack is characterized by four or more of the following symptoms. Mental, feelings of unreality or derealization, feelings of detachment from oneself, fear of losing control or going crazy, and fear of dying. Physical symptoms, heart palpitations, pounding heart, accelerated heart rate, excessive sweating, trembling or shaking, sensations of shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, feeling of choking, chest pain, nausea or abdominal distress, feeling dizzy, unsteady, lightheaded or faint, numbness or tingling sensations, chills or hot flashes. Anxiety. In contrast, anxiety generally intensifies over a period of time and is highly correlated with excessive worry about a potential danger, whether it's real or perceived. If the anticipation of something builds up and the high amount of stress reaches a level where it becomes overwhelming, it may feel like an attack. The symptoms of anxiety may include, under mental, difficulty concentrating, irritability, and restlessness, and under physical, fatigue, muscle tension, disturbed sleep, increased startle response, increased heart rate, and dizziness. While some of the symptoms of anxiety are similar to those associated with panic attacks, they are generally less intense. Unlike a panic attack, the symptoms of anxiety may be persistent and very long-lasting, and can be up to days, weeks, or even months. So how do you treat these things? Whether you're dealing with panic, persistent anxiety, or both, effective treatment is available. Some of the most common treatment options include therapy, prescription medications, and self-help strategies. You may decide to try one or any combination of these methods, but psychotherapy, medications, and self-help techniques are very effective for many people. In summation, anxiety and panic attacks can potentially disrupt your everyday life. Whether you, a friend, or a loved one is experiencing them, you need to know that help is available. Talk to your doctor about your symptoms, and that is the first step in finding relief. And again, I never saw a doctor for it. I sort of dealt with it on my own and just realized that it was most likely associated with my poor diet and health habits. And once I corrected those things, I have not had them since. Although... It is important to note that if I have too much sugar or too much caffeine and don't eat enough healthy foods during the day, I do experience some milder panic slash anxiety type symptoms. So it's really important for me in my own personal journey to make sure that I'm eating healthfully and taking care of myself, getting enough sleep so that I do not experience these symptoms. And for me, most of it was shortness of breath, dizziness, and this feeling of impending doom. I didn't really have 
many other symptoms that went along with that. So mine were not, I think, as severe as many other people's have been. And generally speaking, mine would last between 20 and 30 minutes before they would go away and I would feel fine. But in any case, everyone's different. See your doctor if you're starting to feel like these, this is controlling too much of your life and you really should get some help. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is some potential coping mechanisms for dealing with panic and anxiety attacks. So this article I found on veryhealthylife.com and it is called 10 Proven Strategies to Deal with Panic Attacks. Having a panic attack is nobody's idea of fun. Suddenly your heart starts to race and pound as though it's about to break out of your chest. You may well find you begin to sweat profusely. Your mind will wander and you'll think of all the worst things that can possibly happen. Your vision can start to become blurry and focus to the point that you can't see what's going on around you. Eventually this will eat at the center of your vision and that's when the risk of collapsing gets real. You'll breathe quickly, you'll find, you'll feel sick, you may vomit, and if you pass out, it can be very dangerous or at the very least embarrassing. And yes, I have experienced that. I have passed out from panic. But don't worry, this is a condition that will affect one third of people at some point in their lives. And for almost everyone, it's a phase that passes. It's all a matter of learning to control the panic attacks. And to do that, you simply have to recognize the symptoms and know what to do with them. In this particular article, we'll take a look at 10 proven strategies that can help. Number one, breathe. One of the most notable changes that occurs in your body when a panic attack strikes is what happens with your breathing. You'll find that your breathing becomes very shallow and rapid, or you may not find that, but it's usually happening anyway, whether you know it or not. This can result in your sympathetic nervous system taking over. Your body thinks it's in danger and as such, it's trying to provide you with as much oxygen as possible. This then signals back to your body to say that seeing your breathing a lot, you must be in danger. Your physiology is reinforcing itself. You need to learn how to control your breathing and get it back to normal, which will stimulate your vagal nerve in order to engage your nervous system normally once more. Try to slow down your breathing and keep it calm and rhythmic. Better yet, try to use the military technique known as box breathing. Here, you breathe in slowly for the count of four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, slowly breathe out for four seconds, and then hold for another four seconds. Number two, rebreathe. As mentioned, your body is trying to help you when it goes into this state by supplying as much oxygen as possible. The problem is, things are kind of kicking into hyperdrive by that point and it, your body's no longer adaptive and these particular behaviors are no longer conducive to good health. You're not actually breathing out enough and as such, you're flooding the body with oxygen and expelling all your CO2. That's a problem because your body needs CO2 in order to extract oxygen from red blood cells. So despite breathing an awful lot, your brain is now becoming starved of oxygen and as such, it's going to start shutting down. And that is why we faint. So try to avoid this problem by rebreathing. This means grabbing a paper bag and breathing into that. This way you will use up the oxygen that's in the bag and, and you'll be recycling the CO2, preventing the issue we just discussed. Again, always make sure it's a paper bag and not a plastic bag. Number three, sit down. 
there are two very good reasons to sit at this point. One is that if you are at the risk of fainting, you'll need to be sat down so you won't fall and hurt yourself. Don't worry too much about this. The human body is surprisingly resilient, especially when we're limp. But that being said, it's better not to fall onto your face. The other reason to sit down is that this will send signals to your body that you're calm and in no danger. In fact, if you can find a chair that reclines and lean back a bit, this may be even better. Studies show that when we're in a more supine position, we feel relaxed, and this can help to stimulate creativity. At the same time, you can now make an effort to relax your body and your muscles. You can even use the body scan technique, which involves going from your head to your toes, gradually making sure each muscle in the body is completely relaxed as you can make it. And again, when I had my panic attacks and would pass out, my doctor told me to put myself in a position where I raised my feet up so that the blood would stop rushing from the essential organs and go back into them so it would be easier for me to relax and harder for me to pass out. So keep that in mind as well. Put your feet up if you're starting to feel dizzy, faint, and like you're having a panic attack. Number four, use wide angle vision. This is a trick for fighting panic attacks that most people have no idea about. The idea is that you're going to be looking through your eyes using your peripheral vision rather than focusing on one point. You're going to widen your gaze and include things in the corners of your vision. One way to engage this wide angled vision is to hold your hands out to either side with your arms straight. Now wiggle your fingers and make an effort to watch them wiggling out either side of your eyes. By doing this, you'll be able to avoid the tunnel vision, which comes from panic attacks. At the same time, this once again provides feedback to your nervous system. Because you aren't intently focused, it suggests that you aren't in immediate danger, and thus your heart rate will slowly calm back down and return to normal. Especially if you combine this technique with others listed previously. Number five, have a sugary drink. One great way to combat a panic attack is to have some sugar. This works because the sugar will replenish the glucose in your blood, which may very well have dipped, causing your panic or anxiety attack. Useful to recognize is that our biology and our physiology are very closely linked. When blood sugar is low, this actually reduces our ability to create serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone. In turn, this leads to an increase in cortisol, which is the stress hormone, the bad one. This is why we feel anxious or jittery when we get hungry and also why some people get hangry. When you drink something sugary though, you can restore the blood sugar and the serotonin and help to ease and calm your mind. Number six, accept the panic attack. One of the worst things you can do when you're struggling with a panic attack is to try and fight it. Many people don't want the panic attack to occur and so they get upset and stressed about the fact that it's happening. They then fight against it, and generally all this does is to work them up even more. The irony is that the more angry you get at the panic, the more panicked you become. So instead of fighting against it, when you try to stay calm and just let it happen, you will be better able to calm your nervous system and return to normal. In fact, many people recommend that you simply go about your usual business and act as normal as you can in order to ignore the issue and let it fade away. Again, this takes patience and work, but with medication, meditation, and repeated attempts, you can certainly get there. Number seven, rule out other conditions. 
We've just seen that panicking about the panic attack is one of the worst things you can do. And there's actually an even bigger reason that many people will panic when they have a panic attack because they think they're having a heart attack. To those unfamiliar with the experience of a heart attack, the symptoms might sound very similar. You may find that your chest feels tight and painful, and you may find that you struggle to breathe. And you'll of course notice your heart rate going out of control and feeling as though it is going to burst through your chest. Many people will now have genuine fear that they're gonna die. And of course, this does very little for overall mood. The result is they often end up getting much more worked up than is needed. Of course, you should always check with the doctor if you think there's a risk of a heart attack. But if you're young, female, or generally healthy, then the likelihood of this is slim. Speak with your physician and remember next time that it was a panic attack. In this case, the only thing to fear really is fear itself. Number eight, try supplements. There are many supplements you can buy over the counter that can help to combat panic attacks or that are just generally relaxing and calming. For example, GABA. GABA is one thing that I used when I had my panic attacks. And it's something you can usually get at a health food store. It's G-A-B-A, and it usually comes in tablets or things that you can swallow, capsules or tablets. The most effective one I've found is the sublingual ones. So it's a little tablet that you put under your tongue and just kind of let it dissolve and it gradually releases chemicals into your brain that calm you down. And it's all natural and it doesn't have added ingredients or anything crazy in it. It's not a medication prescribed by a doctor so you can go in and get it yourself at a health food store. But for me, popping one or two of those underneath my tongue would generally help me feel calm and relaxed when I was having a panic or anxiety attack. Basically, scientists say that it's unclear when GABA supplements themselves will cross the blood-brain barrier, but there are other supplements out there that can also raise your serotonin naturally and can help with panic attacks. But always check with your physician first to make sure you're okay to take any of those. Number nine, use CBT. CBT is a cognitive behavioral therapy and it is the very best option for combating panic attacks. This form of psychotherapeutic intervention involves addressing the contents of your thoughts and changing the way you think about things. In this case, this means recognizing the thoughts and the feelings that lead to panic attacks and stopping them in their tracks. Doctors recommend this is the number one treatment for the condition and there are a lot of different components that can help such as mindfulness, meditation, breathing techniques, and thought restructuring. The best part is that it can be self-taught in many cases and practiced from home. Recovery rates with CBT are very positive, and if that's something you're interested in, either talk to your doctor, your therapist, or you can just do a basic Google search for it online and look into doing it yourself. It says you can do it and practice it at home. So no need to see a doctor on that if you think you can use something online. But the last thing on this list is use medications. There are many medications that your doctor can prescribe for panic attacks, which tend to work in similar manners to the supplements we discussed earlier. These include SSRI and a host of other medications that can help. These can be rather potent and in some cases can cause drowsiness and other issues, so they shouldn't be the first port of call. However, when used sparingly to address acute symptoms, they can be very helpful. Only use these with your doctor's supervision while making sure to use the other techniques on this list to address the root causes of the problem. And if you want to take a medication, always, always, always see your doctor. Do not 
take something that a family member or friend has been given because it may not work in the same way for you. It may be too strong. It may not be strong enough. And it may, it may cause interactions with other things you are taking. So you just want to be very, very careful. Now, another technique and tool that I have used in the past when I was about to have a panic attack or knew that I was feeling anxiety was to look at different things in my environment. And I would force myself to look at five different things in a, in a, to look at five different things. I would look at something I smelled, something I tasted, something I touched, something I heard, and something I saw. So for example, I would look at the shirt in front of me. It's blue with white stripes. I would look at the piece of lemon gum that I had in front of me and taste it and taste the lemon from the gum. I would hear the birds chirping in the tree outside and sort of voice all these things as I'm doing them. I would touch the cool plastic of the computer in front of me and these sorts of things would help me to focus on other things in my environment rather than my panic or anxiety. And I believe this is a tool that some psychologists and therapists use as well as a method to try to help you calm down and focus on other things. Uh, another thing you can do is say the alphabet and name one thing that starts with the same letter of the letter you're on. So A, alligator, B, boy, C, cat, and just sort of force yourself to focus on something else besides the panic attack instead of fighting the panic attack or being afraid of the panic attack. So those can be some helpful tools. Now, if you suspect that you have anxiety or panic, it really, really is important, as we mentioned earlier, to see a doctor and ensure that you don't have some underlying health conditions that are causing that. But other than that, uh, there it is not deadly for the most part, and you can get through it. I have not had one in a long period of time, but I did suffer from them for about two or three years straight, pretty consecutively, several times a week. And then they kind of tapered off and I was fine after that. And then I would have one once a month and then it tapered off to once a year. So I've had, I think maybe two or three this year. Um, and I think just having the quarantine issues and the stay at home orders and people losing jobs and issues with that just kind of ramps up the stress factor and having kids at home all day and those sorts of things can also cause people to feel anxiety that they haven't felt previously and can kind of trigger some of these things need it do not be ashamed or afraid people are out there to help us through this and talk to your friends and family if you're feeling nervous afraid you'll be surprised how many people will say they too experience panic attacks or anxiety and things of that nature so you're not alone there are lots of us out there in the world that are experiencing that as well and there is help for it and there is hope and you don't have to suffer alone so that is the end of the podcast for today. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please shoot us an email. We're more than happy to talk to you about panic and anxiety. Again, as I mentioned, I've had it before and I know exactly what you're going through. This is the point in the podcast where we say so long, a farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments, as well as more common ones. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye!